welcome to our SOTOcast um, session and today we welcome Paul Cannon from University of Glasgow Library and Paul would you like to introduce yourself first? Well first of all thank you for inviting me along Natalie. Um, yes so my name is Paul and I am one of our college librarians here at the University of Glasgow so um, specifically I am uh, responsible for the College of Medical Veterinary and Life Sciences. So there's one, at least one of me, uh, for every one of our colleges at the university. Thank you, Paul. And one of the reasons I invited Paul was that the library is really, <clears throat> the librarians are really helpful in supporting us in finding resources and references. And, and that's particularly important for SOTL when we, when we are looking for journals and for topics that are not familiar to us and where we don't even know, you know, which database do we start with and all these, all these questions. And Paul has kindly agreed to answer some of the questions. So without much further ado, I'll ask him, um, could, you, could you explain a little bit of what tips can College Librarian provide to help us along the way to finding the right information? Because it can be quite tricky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, well, I mean, I guess the, the issues with finding the right information is, is, is universal to us all. Don't worry, you're not alone there. Um, you know, and, and you'll have noticed that probably with your students as well. You know, what, what is the right source to use for the right purpose? I always go back to that fundamental part of, you know, why are you doing this research? Mm -hmm. So what is your research question? And if you're really focused with that, and potentially, you know, you may have, you know, several different research questions to answer that maybe broader question that you're trying to find. Um, so if you're really focused with that, then that will really help you to A, identify what the important elements to base your search are upon. And then uh, B, when you actually get your search results, you'll be able to much quickly sift or you know make the sifting process a much quicker thing if you know exactly what you're looking for how you're defining those terms so the context i guess maybe in terms of the teaching intervention for example um and, and that can be you know, a real time saver real time saver so basically breaking down the questions a bit more into into specifics or or how does this translate into you know, into an effective sifting process, as you mentioned. Sometimes something like a mind map or something like that can help, you know. So I think a lot of people are, you know, really keen to get started with their literature reviews. You know, it's almost one of those little first hurdles you've got to get across. And it's really tempting just to kind of go for it without actually sitting back and kind of planning, well, what exactly is it I'm looking for? And where would be the most appropriate place that I'd find that information? And so... The more you break that down mm -hmm. into those elements and define what you're looking for, mm -hmm. the easier it is. Yeah. And that actually leads me, sorry, <laughs> I was jumping the gun um, <laughs> um, to the next question, which is, well, where would actually be the best places to look for? And I know particularly from your college, for instance, people go, well, we can't go to the normal, normal medical research databases. So how do we start? Where do we start? Well, uh, so I think having a, I mean, you know, I, it's not really for me in some respects to tell people where to go. <laughs> um, 
to find information because you're the people that know your research area, your fields. So you'll know what, where research is being published. So, you know, it might just be in, you know, certain textbooks <laughs> or certain publishers. It may be in particular journals. So you can focus on those journals and where you find those, uh, those journals are indexed and what databases. Um, and then I think, you know, when you perhaps then look a little bit broader, it's then about, well, okay, so what databases? And this is where I have real, uh, well, sympathize with, the, with some of the issues that people doing scholarship research have, is that divide then between, well, do I look in a subject specific database mm -hmm. or do I look for something more general in terms of teaching uh, and pedagogy and, and those sorts yeah. of things? So there are certain decisions again to be to be um, taken, and that really then takes you back to that research question. So who are my audience? Mm -hmm. Am I am I going to be writing this for a very specialist audience? You know, who are really immersed in their subject, mm -hmm. or is this something that's really useful for people? Um, you know, in a practical lecturing sense. In which case, well, potentially then you're more you know teaching an educational based. Mm -hmm databases and resources might be the better places. Mm -hmm. I think one of the issues that can that comes up as well can be that um, depending on my research question, I, re I might suddenly realize that I need to go beyond even the discipline of just education or just my my subject area and it might border into things like psychology or sociology, which can be then really challenging to, to find out where do I even start. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, obviously there are the ubiquitous internet search engines which just search across everything and that can help. But at the same time, that can be really disorientating because you tend to get hundreds of thousands, if not millions of results getting back. And, and where do you start with that, really? Yeah. So if you are definitely doing something that is, uh, you know, very cross-disciplinary, then potentially the multidisciplinary databases naturally uh, would be a, a good fit. So things like Scopus, like Web of Science, mm -hmm. there you have that kind of cross-disciplinary, multidisciplinary research and also subject-specific uh, research as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a little bit more bound, you know, it's, it's got boundaries compared mm -hmm. to the internet search engines, which are just, you know, we'll, we'll find anything and everything. Yeah. And of course, you can trust the information that's in those databases as well, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in terms of peer, you know, quality peer review processes and things like that, mm -hmm. which I'm not saying you can't do on Internet search engines, but you've just got to be a little bit more, uh, well, have your critical faculties about you a little bit more potentially when you're doing yeah. general searching, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. The, um, the next question um, we had was, um, so what does happen when we hit a paywall or we don't actually have access to the material we need? Um, what, what do we do? Well, I, I think here, um, well, I think there are probably a couple of different answers here. So if you are doing just an internet search, you know, search, mm -hmm. then, um, you know, you can, you know, potentially we have access to that particular resource. Mm -hmm just not in the place that you're looking. So which is, which is quite frustrating. I absolutely understand that. I can vouch for this, <laughs> this yeah. several times because uh, ashes on my head. I have uh, <laughs> used uh, internet search engines and a couple of times then actually went and found an article and then put it into our library database and got it for free there, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
I mean, that is exactly the response that I would kind of want to hear from other people as well. If only more people took that kind of next logical step. So, yeah, I think that's that's exactly it. You know, so if you do come up, up against a paywall in that respect, yeah, just check our library uh, search on the on the library homepage of the of the university websites. And, um, you know, potentially then we may, you know, you may have access just via a different route. The other thing is that we have things like article reach, which is for journal articles. Mm -hmm. We have things like the British Library, um, you know, uh, interlibrary loan services mm -hmm. as well. Um, so sometimes, well, you know, quite often we can get something for you. It may not be permanent, um, but we may be able to get something for you uh, or at least loan something. And, you know, us college librarians, we're here to uh, to help. So, you know, it may well be that, you know, it, it may be a, an appropriate resource to purchase, for instance, if, if we have the funds, of course. Um, but if not, then we can potentially also help you to source uh, an appropriate alternative. Um, so there are lots of different options if, if you get stuck in, in, in any way. And once again, the message is, go to your college librarians. <laughs> That's what you're there for. Always, always. Yeah, I just uh, this week had uh, another colleague um, not having been aware that he can actually come to you and ask you for help. So, yeah. Um, the the next question um, on the list was um, so once we've written our research, how do we actually find the best outlet for that? So how you know once we've decided okay. This, is, this was the education inquiry I've done. I now want to publish in a scholarship or a journal. How do I find the right journal? Because there are hundreds out there. And I'm speaking of experience trying to get a list together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we were talking before about, yes. you know, the, the, the many thousands of journals that are available. Uh, and that's just in scholarship, let, let alone, as we say, those uh -huh. subject specific ones. So. Yeah, what is the right place? Um, and again, I think this 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 is obviously a, a you know appropriate point in the research to think about this. But then at the same time, this almost needs to be a decision as well at the very beginning. So, what's my audience? So, if you know who your audience are in terms of both who's going to be reading this, but also where are they going to be reading it? You know, that's a really important decision there. So that will help you to format your writing, you know, for a, for a start and, and write in the style that's going to be acceptable to that particular outlet. Um, I think general advice beyond that is, um, well, well, I guess, you know, might go into kind of further questions about open access and, and different areas like that. But speak to the our colleagues in the open access team, you know, just via research hyphen, hyphen open access at glasgow.ac.uk. Mm -hmm. They are fantastic at being able to uh, point you in the, in the direction of either, maybe if you're funded, what, what sorts of publication outlets your funders will, will find acceptable uh, in terms of open access. Um, if you're not fortunate enough to be funded, then they will help to point you in the direction of some of the publishers who we have deals with, where potentially, again, their journals might fall into the right category for you, and therefore you might be able to publish with them uh, at no cost to you. And then finally, I guess there is that thing about, well, there are fully open access journals, so there is no cost involved. Um, 
So those kind of considerations are there as well as, as I said, those kind of fundamental ones of well, what is the right place in the first instance. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good tip also to approach the open access team and um, they have promised some contribution to the blog, so there will be more information forthcoming, but exactly look at their website and um, and uh, Paul is also, and his colleague are also writing a blog post where there will be more information and links uh, forthcoming. So, and so what happens after that? Okay, so we've managed our whole way through plowing through the journals and the databases and we found somewhere to publish. Um, are there any university requirements on what happens after we actually get our scholarship accepted for publication? Or are there, is there anything else we should be aware of, we should know of? Well, naturally scholarship research is just as important to the university as any other form of research. You know, it is just all research in the eyes of the university in that respect. So those, uh, you know, the code of good practice in research that, you know, says things about well, open access, but also sharing your research with the enlightened team. So there are real benefits to doing that because, uh, you know, A, it will then get on our institutional repository, which is a great thing in terms of visibility. Once it's there, it will also get pulled into your staff profile on the web pages as well. So again, you'll be able to kind of really kind of show off what you've done. And then there are kind of really kind of wider things there about, um, you know, really celebrating your success. So sharing what you're doing um, in terms of um, your online profiles and social media and things like that, mm-hmm. where again, in kind of some of the blog posts and things like that, mm-hmm. that we've been putting together, um, you know, there'll be some further kind of hints and tips and resources that you can oh. kind of have a look there. Um, so, you know, just publishing is not the end of the road. You know, there is that whole mm-hmm. uh, sharing and yeah. uh, connecting with colleagues and best practice and that sort mm-hmm. of thing as well. So there's a there's a whole other world of research <laughs> post publication that that you kind of need to consider as well. Yeah, I have to. I can can only con, uh, confirm that so I'm um, <clears throat> online. I'm so I'm a member of the International Social Society, and mm-hmm. people have everyone has twitter accounts and you can tag them even if you have a question as well so there's a lot uh, there's a really strong community around learning teaching and scholarship online and on twitter which tends to be quite positive and supportive so yeah and paul is there anything else you you want to to add or do you want to finish our our little interview with um well, I mean, just to finally say that, you know, the college libraries, we are here to support you. Our roles are focused on teaching staff and research staff and PGR students in the main. So, um, you know, we are your resource and your link you know, to the library and the world of information. So um, if there are questions you have, you know, no matter how, you know, minor uh, you may think, right the way through up to those kind of big philosophical questions almost of, you know, where to publish and how to do it. Um, You know, we are here for you. So you can find all our contact details on um, the library web pages, on various social media and things like that, you know, to kind of, uh, you know, second second that as well. Um, So, you know, so we're here to support you. So make use of us um, and and I'm sure we'll be able to make your, 
you know, your scholarship research uh, a much more enjoyable process, shall we say. <laughs> and life easier a little bit as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, Paul, for joining and answering some questions around the support our library can offer here at the University of Glasgow for any scholarship and scholarship of learning and teaching support. So thank you very much, Paul. Bye. Thank you. Bye.